Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for almost 20 years. And every single week, we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never, ever miss a week. Now, I need to tell you right off the bat that I have a delivery coming in a few minutes. And I might have to run downstairs and... Um, pay for it real quick. Well, let me tell you this. I am a professional broadcaster, Mike, and I will be able to entertain the audience as they listen while you do that. I also, off the bat, if you don't mind, I want to tell people that are uh, listening uh, during their commutes or whatever that we actually recorded this live using uh, the feed that Joey uses for Drag Race Recap. So it's Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Drag Race Recap. And it's going to be a recurring thing. So um, follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook and stuff, and you'll hear about announcements. And maybe you can listen live next time. And we really do speak. Uh, spill the tea and stuff afterwards, so yeah, it's a good time. I think today's going to be a particularly good episode. I don't know <laughs> why. Um, so, uh, Mike, what's going on with you? You know, um, I got a haircut, mm-hmm. did a lot sure. of laundry, and Steve and I broke up on Saturday. What? <laughs> yeah, you already know this, so you don't have to play <laughs> dumb because um, you were one of the first pe- persons first persons uh-huh. one of the first people i told yeah um and thank you for the nice things that you did and the nice words that you said and all of that was really helpful mm-hmm. um but yeah it's kind of shocking i mean i feel that on this podcast i sort of have been guarded about what i do and do not talk about i think in the beginning i didn't really understand kind of what could happen Um, when you say certain things on here. Um, And I think RK taught me a few lessons about that. Um, And so then with Steve and I, I I do want to say, like, it's not like, oh, Steve and I had all these problems and I was just not talking about them on here. We had a pretty decent relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was kind of a reoccurring issue where he... Um, and please, if you don't mind, Joey, kind of help me. I want to, I don't want to like speak for Steve. So, um, if you catch me doing that, please tell me, I feel that he, uh, um, uh, maybe I'm trying to think of how to even say this. I guess what I should say is we had a really, really good friendship and that does not mean that you have a great kind of relationship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we've kind of gotten to this point where we were hanging out. Basically, we were together for four years, and we were still kind of dating. Mm-hmm. We would, you know, go to dinner once a week. We would see each other on the weekend, um, most weekends, but not all. And aside from a few kind of like small and really rare things, mm-hmm. rare, rare, rare things, um, everything we did was like friends, not boyfriends. Um and the, this was not like shocking in news to either of us. We had talked about it on a few occasions and I feel like he was trying as hard as he could. And I was kind of being as patient as I could. And, 
you know, it just kind of didn't, I don't know, it just didn't kind of um, work out. And that sucks. And it's it's embarrassing a little bit that like I really, both of us really did try hard. And we just came to the conclusion that, you know, we're going to call it a day. And um, I, I know this is kind of a thing that people say, but I, I, I honestly feel that, you know, what we were doing before we broke up, we could do still as friends eventually. Like mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't mean that as like a line and I, I just genuinely feel like we could still do all of that as friends. And I would like to get there at some point. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it, look, it, you're a better man than I, I am. Uh, I, I never thought once in my last, since my last relationship, I would ever want to be friends with him, but mine <laughs> came from a different place, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I guess, you know, when you told me, I, I was, I was almost, I mean, clearly not as sad as you were, but I was very, very <laughs> sad, like sad, you know? I was very sad about the whole thing. And, um, because I was worried, because it, it was to me not that necessarily. I didn't. I didn't have any illusions that I thought you guys were like the perfect couple, but I did right. feel like, you know, you guys are both very mellow people. Yeah, and I thought, oh, any problem that they would ever have, they would just work it out. Right, and we tried. We really did, and, and I think that the reason why like you didn't suspect anything was wrong is because nothing really was that wrong. Mm-hmm. I was in a good relationship, but that does, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not settling for good, you know? And I don't think he should settle for good. I think both of us can find something that fits better. You know, is that the thing is that it was just like a, this malaise in the relationship. Do you feel like it was, there was nothing wrong, but then there was nothing that was like so right. Yes. Yes. Um, um ask me that question again. Uh, when I get back in 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, so my, anyway, guys, I need to tell you guys that yeah, Mike told me this on Saturday night. I was I remember I was minding my own business. I was just doing my own thing, just and I get this text message from Mike and I think I was actually speaking to someone on the phone or I don't know. I remember I was communicating with someone and they and I get this text message and you could have knocked me over with a feather. Mostly because I have very bad balance. And so I, anything knocks me over. But I was so shocked that you could have knocked me over with a feather. Um, and so I called Mike, and it was weird to me because Mike Lawson is the kind of person who doesn't show his emotions, you know? And so I could tell, even though Mike was still a robot psychopath about it, I was still like, I can tell he was really sad. And I was sad. I was sad because I know what kind of stuff Mike goes through. I don't know. It was just, it was super weird. I just always thought they would be... T- I thought that their relationship would outlast the show. You know? And it's very strange to me to imagine a world where they're not together. So we'll see how much Mike Lawson shares when he gets back. I, I, think, I think he's pretty much shared everything he's going to share. I mean, otherwise you get into weird territory where it's like... Well, now we're getting to like territory that might be too either too personal or you're speaking for Steve. And so I'm very, very curious as to but but I think you've you've pretty much heard the gist of it. I mean, I do know more, obviously, but you've pretty much heard the gist of it. I was getting, I was filling them in, Mike Lawson. Did your delivery go oh. well? Everything went well? Yeah, I got weed. 
Oh, I wasn't going to share that. It's legal. Yeah, it is. Um, so ask me that. What was? Where did we leave off? Because that was a decent question, and I had something to say. I don't remember. But let me ask you this question. How have you been since then? Because you and I spoke on Saturday night. I think we checked in a little bit the other day. But how have you yeah. been? So I talked to you the night of. It just happened. Have you heard from Steve since then? Have you heard from the, in, the, in the past couple of days, today, Sunday? Uh, yeah. How are you guys so doing? We, so Steve and I kind of touched base Saturday after he left and said nice things to each other and assured one another that we would like reconnect and, you know, sort of, it it was, it was all positive and good. And that was good. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been, I mean, I'm sad. Yeah, of course. So I've been, I've I've been sad, Mm -hmm. but I, it's weird. I'm full of emotion and that, that, I don't know. Emotions are awful. And (laughs) I struggle to kind of just like feel good. So like my stomach has been hurting and like, just, oh yeah, you know my brain is n- not relaxed ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that, but at the same time, like I think we made the right decision. Like I don't think that this is wrong, and and there is some of that too. Like where you just replay everything in your head, and you're like, what if I said that differently? Would things have been different? Or you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But. I'm not devastated. I'm not, you know, in tears every day. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is kind of like thinking about the future. And then the other part is like obsessed with the past. And, you know, it's not, not the, you feel like you're kind of getting pulled in two directions and that's not the, the easiest thing to kind of deal with and live through, but it's where I'm at. So now let me ask you a question. And this goes for anyone who listens. Has anyone seen Steve alive since you last saw him on Saturday? <laughs> You're dumb. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's my big news. Um, I don't have any stories or anything. I'm not <laughs> – I don't have any other real stories. I mean, that was kind of um, the big one. So well, that's yes, my new life. Maybe this podcast will get more interesting now that I have – I can like – Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we maybe we'll go back to the days where you go to the white horse and start just fucking anybody who walked through the door. I never did that. I did have some slutty days on here, but uh-huh. man, this is weird how this podcast has captured so much of our lives. Like I've never, that was never the purpose. Yeah. Um, but there's just all these chapters. What episode is this? Now this becomes the one in which Mike breaks up with Steve. I know. It's so weird. I know. Isn't that weird? Because like in, you know, 85 episodes or so, we're going to have an intern telling us like, oh, and then in episode 216, Mike talked about how he broke up with Steve or 217. I wonder what this is. I don't know what this is, right? Yeah. And we're like, what? Who's Steve? (laughs) Well, you know what's weird? You know what's weird is uh, I I uncovered this when I was, uh, we made a joke. On episode around episode one hundred, right? Because mm-hmm. we had there was a Rod Kyle section in episode one hundred, and I made a joke cut to in a hundred episodes. There's a Steve chapter, and we laughed, <laughs> but we just missed it by a few episodes, <laughs> you know. And I know, isn't that Ooh. weird? Like I know this yeah. show's been around long enough that there are like chapters and moments and and little ages in that you we can take phases, oh, yeah. yeah phases where you know like the steve phase yeah um you know uh uh one of our listeners 
Well, no, he's a, a Drag Race recap listener named Aiden Deem. He's yeah. going back. He's just gone. He started going back and, and started listening to all the old. Oh. But you know what? He's not, you know, because most people who do that, they work backwards. He went yeah. to episode one and he's working through chronologically. And he, I'll get messages from him like, Father Steve, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and and uh, he's been sort of like, it's funny because he's been reliving, you know, uh, uh the show because he doesn't know anything about the show he's a drag race recap fan in fact and if you don't mind i'll use it to transition to my next story yeah he says to me the other day he goes you know you keep saying that you have a a cousin named richard you keep you keep mentioning that he's a week younger than you and gay and i'm like oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) you better hold on then if it's annoying you now uh, <laughs> Seriously, welcome to my world, Aiden Dean. Yeah, Dean, yeah, Dean, or Dean, like, uh, like Reem or or Team, you know, Seam, Seam, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, Mike Lawson, and, and you know, Aiden Dean is a new listener, and there, there might be other new listeners uh, in the audience. Is uh, I don't know, so you guys don't know this. I have a gay cousin named Richard who's a week younger than me and gay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm on the outs with him. Shocking. <laughs> and I, <clears throat> I'm super phlegmy. Hold, please. Yeah. I haven't been phlegmy all day. Now I'm super phlegmy. Okay. So l- I want your opinion on this. Okay. I, th- I think I mentioned this guy on a previous episode. Do you know who Dario is? No. Dario is this guy who made a documentary that uh mm. i've been working with him on okay yes i do remember yeah and uh so dario and i were working on this documentary we're trying to get into festivals we're trying to show it to people against my advice he's dario has set up screenings of the documentary i'm like don't waste your energy on screenings we need to get into festivals right but mm. you know we're trying to get important people in certain communities whether it be film or the chicano community the chicanx community to see these films, okay? Mm-hmm. To see this mm-hmm. sorry, this particular film. Well, my cousin Richard, and I will say this, is an important person, I think, for Dario to know, all right? Because my, my cousin not only had a television show that, that he developed, you know, on stars called Vida, but also is very well connected in the Chicanx art community, Okay, yeah. which I'm not at all. I'm not. I, I sound. I do. I sound wider than you, Mike. So I don't know any of these people, and and that's the thing. That's all, it's a thing that has always nagged at me, and I, but people always do this to me. You know, Jonathan used to do this to me, uh, but my cousin also does this to me. Do you know that I've never really met any of Richard's friends ever? Really? No. You have, haven't you? You've no. met the boyfriends, right? I met his boyfriends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, actually, Sabian might be the only boyfriend that I really gotten to know. You know, hmm. mm-hmm. but like he has his friend named Paul. They've known each other. For, never met him. Okay, he has his friend named. Um, I have met a couple once because of, out of necessity, like like you know, for whatever reason we'd had to meet. You know, but he he yeah. keeps us separate. In fact, Sabian, his boyfriend, is an important one. Sabian about a, almost a year ago, Sabian was texting me and Richard just about RuPaul's Drag Race. 
You know, we had yeah. this little RuPaul Drag Race group text. And then Richard came in. He was like, this is annoying me. Please stop including me on these texts, right? So then Sabian and I started texting each other. And then Sabian just stopped responding to my texts, my text messages. <laughs> so the next okay. time I see Sabian, I go, uh, <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, I go, why didn't you return my text message? He goes like, oh, Richard was right there too. He goes, Richard said we're not allowed to text each other. What? Yeah, and I go, what? And he goes, Richard's like, I don't need you guys texting each other. Okay, this is important to the motherfucking story. Okay? Yeah, yeah. She says, I don't need you guys texting each other. So Sabian and I aren't allowed to text. If Sabian has to get a hold of me, he has to go through Richard, or I have to go through Richard to get a hold of Sabian. Even though I have his number, even though we're friends on Instagram, we are not allowed to talk to each other. All right? And I'm not, okay. I, I don't meet his friends, and he, I'm super isolated in his world. Okay? Yeah. So, uh, 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 like a week or so ago, a little more than a week ago, uh, I had Dario actually meet Richard for the very for a real meeting for the first time. They, they kind of shook hands one time, but we actually had a real meeting. Okay? Yeah. Because Richard's going to moderate a Q&A at one of the screenings. It's coming up. All right? Cool. So, we have a meet. We meet about that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, remember when I was telling... Did I ever tell the story about me and Cameron not being together anymore? I think I did. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I don't know. Well, okay. it was it was during <laughs> I got the call from Cameron where he was really cold during that meeting. So I excused myself. From okay, the, I excused myself from the meeting, and sure. uh, and took the phone calls. And then I came back and whatever meeting goes on, yada yada yada. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now Dario has to text Richard to get in touch with you. He can't text you directly. Uh, <laughs> So then, is that really where it goes? No. So then, so then Richard also has this friend named Yosimar, who I guess is a very, very, very well-connected Latino, gay Latino, gay undocumented Latino named Yosimar. Everybody knows him. Everybody. Like, this is something that's come up quite a bit. He's actually very, very, he's like the person, oops, he's like the person to know in the, in like the Chicano com- art community, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So Dario calls me, Dario calls me. Uh, last late last week, talking about a screening that was supposed to happen on Saturday, right? And he's like, "Okay, I need to do this. I need to do that." I'm like, "Okay, yada yada yada." We're just going to. He's like, and he's driving. He goes, "Oh, um, you'll never guess where I'm driving from." And I go, "Where?" And he goes, "Uh, yeah, I hung out with your cousin and this guy Yosimar." And I was mm. like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, um, your yeah, your cousin called me like last week." Or on Monday, sorry. Call me on Monday. He's like, he's all like, I want you to meet this guy, Yosimar. And so he set up a meeting. So the three of us met. And we had, we had a great time. We talked for like hours. One, mm-hmm. let me tell you this. One, I've never met Yosimar. I've heard for Yosimar about Yosimar for years. Never met him. Ever. Mm-hmm. They hang out very separately. One. Two, Mike Lawson. I, up until that day, spoke to Richard every motherfucking day of my life. Right? Every day, even oh, if it's wow. for 10 minutes, right? We talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you think? And I really would. If Richard yes, would have said think. on Monday, oh, hey, listen, I talked to Dario today and I set up a meeting with him and Yosimar, I'd rather have been like, oh, great. You know, I wouldn't have yeah. cared, right? But the yeah. fact that you, it was like a you secret, actually had me on Richard's side up until you said you talked to him every day. Yeah. I talked to him every day, never mentions that that he set up this meeting with Yosimar. He never mentions that he has audio. It, like it's all like done and see. Like that's so fucking sneaky and weird to me. But why? I don't really like. What's the end game? I don't really understand that. I do you, I, or do you have a 
I think uh, here's what I think. This is my theory. Theory is I think that you know there is a certain amount of social capital that comes with Dario. He's a very talented filmmaker. He's making this yeah. film that Richard, whether it is or not going to be successful, Richard thinks is has artistic merit, and so he wants to be the one to introduce him to have discovered oh. him and introduced him yeah. to these people. If I'm there. Well, first of all, I you know I go to a dark place where I'm like, oh, he's embarrassed about me. You know, I'm not cool enough for his Chicano friends. You know, I'm too white or I'm too whatever, right? And uh, so there's that aspect, but it's just weird. It's just here's the thing: is I just know that would not fly with Richard. And that's the thing. Right. And when people have sort of like pushed back with me a little bit, I was like, no, hold up. Imagine you were still with Steve. Imagine, like, if Steve was talking to you and was like, oh, you know who I've been talking to for three months? Joe. On right. the phone. Wouldn't you be like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, why yeah, did Joe why? mention that? Yeah. You know? So I don't actually, yeah. I can't speak for Richard, but I think it's very, very odd. So then I was like, fuck him. I'm fucking done. Right? That is fucking weird and creepy and bizarre. So I was like, I'm just not going to take his calls anymore, right? So you're going to hold that grudge without telling him well, yeah, what hold, you hold feel, yeah. why you feel oh, wrong? Wait, hold on. So then, yeah. like, almost immediately, he starts calling me. And I ignore it. Ignore the calls. Okay? Voicemail yeah. goes to voicemail. He sends me text messages. I ignore them. That goes on the whole weekend. Finally, like, Sunday, he calls, like, three times in a row. He's like, please, please, please call me back. Uh, the second you have a chance, I want to talk to you. I'm like, and so then I have the thought, I'm like, okay, you know what? Three days have passed. I'm going to call him. I'm going to be a man about it. I'm going to bring this up because obviously that's what he wants to talk about. You know, let's talk about this. Yeah. I call him. Hello. And he goes, hey. And I go, hey. He goes, why are you taking my calls? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, like being really cold shoulder. And he goes, I go, what's up? He goes, you know that air conditioner you uh, gave me? You didn't want? I don't want it anymore. Come get it. Ew. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want it. Okay. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, oh, okay. And that was, the, that was the last time we talked. I think it'd be worth kind of articulating why you feel a little bit weird about this because if he doesn't know you can't get mad at him for not trying to fix it or apologizing for it like there's a good chance you know richard better than i do there's a good chance that he is just oblivious to anything he did that is kind of rude or sneaky or shady right is that isn't that possible i hear what you're saying and I will yeah. do that. And I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I won't make any predictions about how he's going to act. But if I were right. to make predictions, oh, no, he will totally shut it down and turn it on me. Well, 100p. maybe if that's if that's his kind of MO, maybe then you should uh, present it in a fashion in which you can't be interrupted. Like send an email and just say, like, this is my thought, you know, oh, this I is what that. I'm feeling. Then you can get it all out. You've set, you've, you know, quote unquote, said it all. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I will do that. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on with you? It's weird. It's weird. It's oh, weird. Okay. 
I'm I'm pretty much I don't have any personal stories. I'm trying to even wreck my brain. Mm-hmm. I've just been working and breaking up with boyfriends and stuff. So yeah, um, that's pretty much my life right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, also aside from breaking up with boyfriends, I've been watching this Big Brother show. Are you? I know you've watched Big Brother in the past. I watched literally like the first two or three seasons, and then I was done. So we're now on Big Brother twenty. Oh god. Um, and there's a guy on it. This is kind of heartbreaking to me um maybe or maybe not i'm not sure it's developing right now but there's a guy on the show joey um who's named jc and he's like super short and muscular mm-hmm. like i'm not even saying like oh he's a short guy he's like under five foot tall he's mm-hmm. like which i think is leak i don't know he's really short and um he's also gay sure. he's from west hollywood or he sure. lives in west hollywood he's like a go-go dancer mm-hmm and so something has happened on the show and there's like people like calling for his like removal. There's like gay people Why? that are upset with him. Have you heard this at all? No. So it kind of but wait, just hold on for today. a second. Hold on. Hold on for a second. Hold on. Because we need, we need to do this correctly. Oh, wait. Why is it so low? And now it's time for Mike and Joe on the aisle with Mike and Joe. Okay, go ahead. What were you saying? But on the aisle to talk about Big Brother? Yeah, anytime we talk about any kind of entertainment, we have to play this music. Oh, okay. It's, le- it's by the union um, rules. And so this JC character, who I was so rooting for, mm-hmm. is kind of getting into some hot water. <gasps> so over the past few days on the Big Brother 20 live feed, avid listeners, I'm sorry, avid viewers, have watched JC uh, grab this straight guy's junk when he wasn't <gasps> looking. Uh-huh. Um and later he scooped using an ice cream scoop the genital area of two of the female cast members um and the cast members all sort of laugh it off they say things like how he's harmless but Mm -hmm. many fans aren't feeling the same way joey this sounds Um, like a typical day at the prince interview when we worked there yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I was going to bring up. I also, I feel like, um, just imagine, I mean, the podcasting community we were in, like mm-hmm. making a joke that you're going to scoop out a girl's vagina. Yeah. I feel like that joke is kind of like that. I've heard that exact joke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm curious. I was curious what your opinion is. Um, but I guess like maybe we're at a point where like you need to like, we we need to get better at just kind of making sure everyone's okay with everything uh, before we kind of make certain jokes. Um, but the general consensus consensus on Twitter is that this little guy needs to uh, get removed from the house, that they won't have it. Um, CBS hasn't said anything yet, uh, but I'm just curious to see kind of where this will go. Well, What are your thoughts on that? Do you okay. think he should get removed from the TV show because he touched some a dude's junk? No, but I do think that they should break sort of the Big Brother rule. I don't think that's worth. And the guy, what was the guy's reaction? Was he offended? Was he upset? Well, like shocked, but then they like laughed. It was like in a okay. moment. It wasn't like he was sleeping and the the gay guy walked up and grabbed mm-hmm. his junk. It's more like they were sitting around having a laugh, like they you know do for hours because they're bored. Mm-hmm. And this guy JC sort of just got a little racy with the jokes and the the touching and stuff. Okay, so basically, based on what I know, here's my decision, okay? Yeah. Is 
if they haven't already, the producers need to pull each of them in aside. You know, and yeah. I know they don't usually. Do, producers try and be as as you know laissez faire as possible. But they need to pull each of these aside. They need to talk to the straight guy and find out, you know, with with no shame or anything that was he offended by this? Does he feel uncomfortable? Right. First, they go talk to him, find out what his story is. If he's like, nope, this is all good fun. It's you know locker room towel snapping. I'm cool with it. Then people need to stop being offended for but for other people. Okay, sure. One, yeah. Two, if he does say, but you it, know, go ahead. Go on, you finish because okay. I and then it might be long. if he says low key, you know, listen, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but I was a little uncomfortable, blah 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 blah. Then the producers need to pull this JC aside. Listen, JC, we don't need you grabbing people's junk uh, on the air. It is not good. We don't stand for this. And if it continues, we're going to have to remove you from the house. But at this stage, I don't. Based on what you've told me, it doesn't sound like that's worthy of removing someone from the house. Yeah. And I also wonder, too, how much of this is gay shaming. Gay, like, I know they yeah. wouldn't put up with a guy doing it uh, so to much. To a woman. But to a woman. But, like, if a woman is a guy, would there be this kind of. Uh, yeah. It's funny you say that. The people that are kind of the loudest that I'm seeing on Twitter are actually gay people. Um, people that are saying, like, JC crossed a line. Um, this quote here. Why do you. Why do they pick these disgusting men to represent the LGBTQ community? Well, that's true. So yeah. The kind of like, you know, Frankie from I think a couple seasons ago and then this guy like they were problematic in for their own reasons and um I don't know, people are actually on, you know, actually gay people or kind of folks that are on this side of um that sort of thing um complaining because he's gay. He, you know, he's the representation of our community, and mm -hmm. this is what we got. I could see that, but then, the, you know, this, what's funny is this is, I, I think Big Brother has changed their rules, but isn't this a show where America votes? Um, so this season, uh, America doesn't vote the people out every week. Uh, the house guests choose who leaves, okay, but America well, has some say in stuff. Okay. Either way, I mean, if he's a problem, the, wouldn't you just think democracy would just take over? Yeah. Like, if he's a problem in the house, then they'll vote him out. Or if it was a, if it was a situation where America voted them out, then America would vote them out. But if this is a situation where like the people in the house vote these people out, then they have to. I mean, the, here's the thing: is the whole premise of Big Brother. Is that we get to spy on these people, correct? We get to be essentially a, a licensed voyeurism, okay? Right. And that means good and bad. And that means also, like, uh, it, unless there is, you know, imminent danger to one of the contestants, physical danger, someone's actually physically assaulting someone, they're, they're in physical danger, you need to step in. I don't think, but do you remember, actually, one of the seasons I watched was the one with Dr. Will? Mm -hmm. And 9-11 happened, and they even hesitated whether they were going to talk about 9-11, but it, the reason they told them was because one of the contestants had a relative who died in 9-11, right. and they had, to, they had to tell her, you know? But they even still debated that. I think they even told mm -hmm. them, like, the next day. I don't think they told them the day of, if I remember correctly. And they told the contestants then. So I, I think if you're going to keep – if you're going to – like, America needs to fuck – America facts are facts. And you need to just fucking calm the fuck down. And, you know, if if 
if this is a truly just society, then it, it's going to take care of itself, and the people in the house will take care of it. Or you can put him up for a, a, you know elimination. I think is that how they do. They can vote who the, the two people going up for elimination are. Sure. Okay. But what, couldn't the argument be made that if it's a just society, the people employing these people would take care of it? That you know what I mean? They have the power to just remove him right now. Well, you're right, and they have the power just to remove him. They that, have the power isn't that to re- just. No, you're right. They have the power to remove him, but then. And you're right. They completely 100% have the power. It's their show, and they have the First Amendment right to do that. They can do whatever they want. I'm sure it's in there. But if they do that, then they're, they're then, then what they're doing is they're jeopardizing the validity of the show. Is it truly voyeurism if they're stepping in because the, uh, people were offended? And, and once again, it all depends on what the people who he's doing this to how they feel the, the two girls that he scooped them with the ice cream scoop the the yeah. straight guy they grabbed their junk the producers need to pull them aside because they do you know and you could do it without anyone knowing because they have those confessional moments where they're with the producer and you could just bring it up during those confessional moments no one needs right. to be the wiser you know so i don't know i just sort of think you should just let it take care of itself thank you hmm do you have any other stories you wanted to tell me about? Well, hold on for a second. What we need to do now is we need to um, end, the, end the sequence. And that was Mike and Joe in the aisle. Okay. Yeah, Mike. Okay. I went to dinner with my parents the other day. Uh-huh. So this is a Mexican restaurant that my parents go to. Okay. And... I will say, the wait staff is amazing. The, the food's mediocre. Okay, it's literally yeah. the, it's the definition of a five. It is a great scale, you know, because you can like, is it better than you know this restaurant or not? Cause it's like the definition of five Mexican food. Not horrible, not great. Okay, yeah. For the most part, the waiters are amazing. There's this one though that's awful. He's like literally awful, awful. Like you know what it is too, is my mom is so difficult and doesn't know how to communicate with people. And then this guy's an idiot. So the two of them dealing with each other is a fucking nightmare. My mom doesn't know how to order and he doesn't know how to take an order. Okay. Right. So we found one. There's he barely knows how to take an order from a person that can communicate. Well, you're right, Mike. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this one rage, uh, waitress. Okay. Um, named Lily. Did you name the place? Are you gonna name? The I'm place? not gonna name the place, right? Okay. <laughs> but her name's Lily. They might be listening. <laughs> well, no, I no, but we have people who might go yeah, and, and start contacting them. Trust. Anyway, there's this one waitress, Lily. Right. Uh-huh. We love her. She's the best. She's she knows already knows what, like, everything. Right. She knows my mom. Yeah. What my, the way my mom is. She gets it. She can understand my mom. My dad, you know, with his thing, she knows I want a Diet Coke all the time. She comes with the Diet Cokes just like that, right? Great. So we always ask for Lily when we're there, okay? Well, my mom takes her cousin with us. So we're with now my parents and her cousin, and we're at dinner. And I'm like, oh, Lily's not here. I don't see her. You know what? Who's here, though, is uh, Jin. Jin's here. My dad's like, Jin? She was like, yeah, he told us his name. I think it's Jin. G-Y-N. Right? That's okay. My dad goes, that's weird. I him. That's weird. She goes, uh-huh. yeah, that's his name, okay? So the, the busboy comes by and she goes, 
can we have Jen? And he was like, who's Jen? And he goes, she goes, that man right there with the glasses. He goes, his name's not Jen. His name's uh, Obi. I'm like, she just confused Obi and G-Y-N. His name's Obi, right? So she goes, oh, oh Obi, right? So then they tell uh-huh. um, Obi. So the guy tells Obi. They they uh, <laughs> they want you to be their waiter, okay? Uh huh. So then he comes by and he like bows to us and he goes, "Oh my God, thank you so much. Uh, it means so much to me. Uh, thank you. I will be a very good server. I just need to tell the person whose table this is. I'm going to be your server." My mom's like, "Very well, you know." Mm-hmm. Obi leaves. Okay. Two seconds later, mm-hmm. Lily comes around the corner, and she goes. Is everything okay? And I, my mom's like, oh my God, Lily. And she goes, this is my table. And we're <gasps> like, oh my God, we would have totally had you. But she goes like, yeah, because Obi came back there and said he wanted to take this table. And I know you. And I said, they always ask for me. And I don't know, understand that I do something wrong. And I'm like, no, we oh, just didn't. No. She's like, we, we didn't just, see you. We didn't see you. No, 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 no. You can be our waitress. You, we, we want you. We didn't see you. And she's like, okay, I'll tell Obi, right? Yeah. Lily leaves. Now she's our waitress, right? Yeah. Then Obi comes back. He's sharpening knives in the is corner. That, is everything okay? Why? I thought you wanted me to be your waiter. Oh, my God. I'm uncomfortable. And my mom goes, yeah, but, you know, we, we always ask for Lily. We didn't see her here, but we like you. You're our second favorite. You know, like, we, we love you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thank you, because, you know, you asked for me, and I got really excited, but then Lily, so I told Lily, and then she got upset, and then she came out here, and then she told me that you really want her so I just didn't know if I did something wrong, right? Uh, and yeah. and we're like, no, 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 no. He's like, okay, and he bows, right? So Is now, he Asian? No, no, no. He's Latino. Okay. okay. Then he bows to you guys, though. Yeah, he bows. I don't know why he bows. Okay. Okay. Then Obi leaves, right? Then Lily comes, takes our order. Now, every waiter is stopping by, and is like, "How's everything going?" And we're like, fine. Oh, okay. Just want to check in how you're doing because, you know, you asked for Lily and for Obi. And so, and it was just, Mike, it was it was like the parade of so waiters weird. who were coming by to find out why we were requesting these two <laughs> people specifically. Because they've all waited on us multiple times. Yeah. And so we had to tell them, like, no, it just, it was, Mike, it was so fucking uncomfortable. It was so weird. And yeah. that's my story, is how awkward and weird it was. Is the practice of asking for a specific weight person a real thing? Do you guys do that often? No. Just at this place where you're regulars. It, but I, that's that's what we talked about afterwards is like what we couldn't tell them was like, actually, we love all of you. We just want to make sure we don't get that one guy. But how do you can't say like we want any waiter but that guy who, by the way, happens to be the son of the owner of the restaurant. Why don't you just sit down and then when your waiter comes, if it's him, ask for someone else. You're obviously not shy about just asking for someone else. <laughs> I think it's easier just to see if Lily's working or Obi's working. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> There's this one little short waiter. Ugh, I'm in love with him. He's so fucking hot. Ugh, he's so cute. I would marry him in a heartbeat. I don't Will he scoop about. your genitals with an ice cream scoop? I would let him. I would ask him to actually, like I want, I want, I want some of those deep fried ice cream balls. And he goes like, "We don't serve." I'm like, 
and just stare at him. <laughs> licking your lips? Yeah, licking my <laughs> lips. Okay, Mike Lawson, do you have any news stories? Yeah, I do have one that I wanted to tell you about. Um, a new automated Twitter feed nails every car reported to block a bike lane in San Francisco, posting pictures, license plates, and exact locations. Mm-hmm. I was curious what you thought about this because it's like bikers getting justice, which bothers me, but it's also like people who are doing something wrong getting ridiculed, and that you know pleases me. So Say it again. Drivers who- Describe it again. Give me more detail here. Drivers who park in bike lanes get ready to get shamed and have your car's make, model, and license plate number blasted on Twitter. There's a new bot in town called Every Blocked Bike Lane Report SF that's automating tweets of every reported SF. 311 bike lane violation complaint. This bot is not meddling in elections, but is instead providing digital vigilante justice for everyone who reports the uh, common automobile and bike lane violation. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I don't know that I need to read the rest, but uh, it sends out pictures of the actual thing. You could see them on Twitter. And yeah. what do you think about that? I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, people who get like really angry and like, ridiculely about like people breaking the rules that bothers me while also i i love that people who break the rules are getting shamed a little bit yeah i think i'm with you but here's why i'm going to err on the side of against it yeah i cannot stand these motherfuckers who ride bikes they're so fucking annoying and here's what's most annoying come to san francisco jesus Jesus christ no they want to play both sides of the rules yep I'm a car when I want to be, and I'm not a a car when it serves me. And fuck you. You're a car. Okay? (laughs) You're not a pedestrian. You're you're a moving thing with wheels. And then they're like, hey, you know, and then they just, oh, 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 I can't stand them. They're so obnoxious. I literally cannot stand people. They run the lights. They're running stop cards because, you know, they can't, God forbid they have to stop for anything, right? Yeah. And they're just so angry and bitter about it. There was a guy who was running for mayor in LA and he was like a big his whole platform uh was just pro bike bicyclists but then yeah. like, it like all this like shit started coming out about you know like once you run for office everything that you've ever done comes out and people started finding out all the shit about him and so he had to drop out like he was racist or something i can't remember what it was sexist yeah. racist homophobic i can't remember what it was but something big came out and he had to drop out but he was running for mayor, and he was this really obnoxious bicycle guy. He wanted, like, bicycle rights. And I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I do think, um, like, one thing that really bothers me about bikes is when they ride on sidewalk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when there's, like, a bike lane. Uh, but there's this thing that keeps – that's been happening a lot, or I've been noticing it more and more in San Francisco, where, like, bikes get sort of, like – it gets congested because of the lights – so, you know, bikes kind of pile up at a red light and then they all go to the next red light mm-hmm. and they're all forced to sort of ride together. And I can understand how that's annoying. But then they to sort of like get in front of the pack, they'll jump the curb to the sidewalk and like zoom around the pack. Yeah, yeah. But when you're zooming, that's high speed and I'm walking on the sidewalk like I'm supposed to. Yeah. And you got that big bike lane that's a little clogged right now. But, you know, that's your lane, bro. Um, I hate it. Uh, but this Twitter bot, like when I'm looking at the pictures, they are all people that are like clearly in violation. Um, it's not the remember that dude on the New York subway that was posting pictures and I unfollowed him and he got really angry at me. Yes. Um, so 
his thing, he was kind of doing the same thing, but he was posting pictures of people who were like man spreading or putting their backpack next to them on the subway in New York. And I unfollowed him because it was like kind of mean. And also like, it wasn't clear what was happening where if it's an empty train and this old lady puts her shopping bag next to her instead of on the floor, that's okay. And unless you're showing context, like you're just being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these are people like the cars are empty. They're like just sitting in a bike lane. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of them have their hazards on. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That's I'm, all. I'm not for it. I know. I, I like people, be, but I like people shame that for that for legitimate reasons. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have any news stories for me? I do, Mike Lawson. A string of taco stand robberies has East LA street vendors on edge. Police issued a warning to stay vigilant while searching for suspects. The Los Angeles Police Department is on the hunt for East LA taco stand robbers. These incidents have been on the rise in the last month, and LAPD issued a warning to late night street vendors while law enforcement investigates and searches for suspects. So they've had a couple of robberies. Uh, there was one in Boyle Heights, which is is pretty much East L.A. Uh, two yeah. Latino men robbed a taco stand at gunpoint and stole $120, which is so funny because, you know, in theory, that's not really that much. But to this person, that's a lot of money, you know? Sure. It's their day's wages. Yeah. The suspects yeah. wore bandanas over their faces, then ran into the Pico Gardens housing projects to evade capture. On June 14th, two men approached a taco vendor at Gleason Avenue and Mott Street in Boyle Heights and stole $509. This time, the suspects fled in a gold Toyota or Honda, according to Blunt, I guess the cop. Two other robberies occurred on June 6th and June 9th. Um, Mike, as a person who loves tacos... This is obviously horrifying to me. I don't like it. And uh, I'm now going to start my own vigilante taco. You know, there's Batman and Spider-Man. I haven't thought of a superhero name for yet, myself yet. I'll I'll think of it. El Taco. Joey Diaz is El Taco. And I'm going to be, like, uh, doing all these uh, uh, vigilante justice things. What are your thoughts the shitty on that? part about this story is that these are like those are people that are like working hard for their money. Mm-hmm. Not that there's like good people to rob, but let's be honest, there's some people that I don't mind if they got robbed. But like these people are, you know what I mean, out there like working hard, and it just sucks. Mike, yeah, wherever there's injustice. Against tacos. Uh I'll be there. Wherever someone beats up a burrito boy, I'll be there. When someone cases a quesadilla cart, I'll be there. Why? Because I'm El Taco. Fall. What are you doing? Come out over here. I'm just uh I'm just trying to steal this taco cart. No you're not, not today. Oh no, El Taco 
what do you think of that? Hey, everyone listening, Joe provides all this entertainment, air quotes, for free. <laughs> F-R-E-E-E. But his birthday's on Wednesday. And if you wanted to throw a dollar or two at him, he doesn't want your money. What he wants you to do is donate to Undergrad Prep, which is a nonprofit that helps kids boost their test scores, increase their chances, and build their character. Donate now at undergradprep.org. That's undergradprep.org. Say happy birthday to Joe and help kids get the shot that they deserve. Yes. Undergradprep.org. Criminal Taco. <laughs> little Joey Diaz as. That's, little Joey, that's the Bruce Wayne? Little Joey Diaz is my Bruce Wayne. Anyway, uh, Mike Lawson, what do you have going on next week? Um, nothing. So what's weird, I don't think I could have, um, lost my boyfriend at like, it just, this convenient, not convenient time. There's never a good time. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I might regret that I'm saying this, but I have a really bizarre July ahead of me. Like my schedule is just going to be all kinds of fucked up. Um, there's some shit going on at work. That's like just nothing stressful, just kind of like, uh, different. And it's going to require a lot of my kind of personal time so um that's kind of happening obviously july just started so just kind of settling in and getting ready to work a lot and you know that's that but what the good thing joey is even with the weird schedule our theaters are all dark on mondays so we can continue to record on mondays my monday night schedule isn't going to change at all i like the sound of that well working um you know is settling in with Big Brother and work, and that's pretty much it. What do you got going on? Your birthday, well, obviously. Yeah, my birthday, but also you're gonna have a lot of free time. Like, what are you gonna do with all the days now where you don't have to go see Jurassic World and and uh, <laughs> exploding movie cars and you know uh-huh. and and uh, and go to like uh, now what's gonna happen with Applebee's and TGI Fridays and Cheesecake Factory, all these places yeah. that you know you're not gonna go to as much anymore. I, I genuinely feel that we're – Steve and I are going to be friends. Like there's such a s- small, fine line between what we had and what I think we could have, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's not a drastic difference there. So I feel like just with some time of kind of developing ourselves as like individuals and not a couple, I think that we can flip that back on yeah. pretty easily. That's my hope anyway. Uh, So like you said – uh. It's my birthday on Wednesday. And, you know, it's the other day my parents were just asking me, what do you want to do for your birthday? I go, I'm telling you. So we're, I'm going to go to breakfast in the morning with my brother, his kids, my sister-in-law, my parents. And after that, and I think, you, I think you'll, you're a man after my own heart in this. I literally mm-hmm. want to go home, pump the air conditioning to make it as cold as possible. Put on some soft pants. Put on some soft pants and literally just, like, binge, like, Westworld, or you know, I've never watched Westworld, and like binge a whole TV show, eat popcorn, mm-hmm. never leave the house, complete darkness until that my birthday's over. Particularly with my birthday, because it's such a, like weird party day. Yeah, yeah, you know that it's like that's particularly why I want to. In a perfect world, if I had a boyfriend, uh, I would just escape but with him for the weekend. We haven't really said your birthday's on the 4th of July. I know some of our listeners know that and people who are listening live understand when we say Wednesday, but mm-hmm. for everyone else, yeah. it's a holiday because it's 4th of July. My birthday's on the 4th of July. You kindly encourage people to go to Facebook and donate to my nonprofit. That's very kind of you. Thank you. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, so that is what's going on. And the rest of the week, I don't really, you know, here's a weird thing is the late spring through the middle of June were crazy for me. Crazy, 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 crazy time. RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you know, catching up even, believe it or not. And then people coming to visit and do this. And all my classes were wrapping up and SATs and that and, and grants. So like the last half of June, I think I'm still on the tail end of this. All I wanted to do was just be alone, hide away from the world. I think you can relate and just Mm -hmm. do nothing. So actually because Drag Race officially ended last week, this is my first week off with no drag race since January. Yeah. So I'm just sort of enjoying doing nothing, not I, having to be anywhere. I certainly get that. I will. I'm, you know this too, but there's a, it, it's easy for me to consider it a treat and then realize halfway through that I've turned into like some weird isolation machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't isolate, just, you know, relax on your own and enjoy your alone time, but don't isolate, Joey. No, I won't isolate. I still always have like, you know, my wonderful fans out here in the RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> world. The little people, uh-huh. if you will. <laughs> Ew. I'm kidding. I don't know why I'm frightened. I know my way around here. Anyway, uh, and I... You know, always have that, which I have done. Sometimes I've been, like, lonely and bored. I'm like, I'm just going to go on uh, Mixler and just do a little radio show, talk about Broadway, you know? Yeah. Um, I always have that. But I also have John Paul. I have my, I have my crew. You know, I can all, that's why I'm very lucky is if I do want to hang out with people, I can do it. And uh, yeah. But right now, I'm, I'm really kind of enjoying being a homebody and just sort of staying Good. in and sort of, of just, like, recharging my battery, so to speak. So I'm really kind of looking Good. forward to that, at least for at least the month of July. I welcome phone calls too, or texts and stuff. Like I'm in sort of the mode where I need to keep my brain and hands busy. So, you know, um, not that, not that I don't want to reach out to Steve. I just need to sort of like get get over the hump of like re sort of defining who I am and getting kind of a grasp on that. And um, I don't think kind of talking to him at this point in that is going to be helpful for either of us. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. So feel free to text or call. Oh, that's right. Now I have I have that open. Yeah. We can we can uh, talk shit on people or something like that. I like that. <laughs> All right, Joey. Well, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson and follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week. (laughs) 